0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our program. This is Vic Batista and Nathan Jones. As we're excited about today's program, as we're going to be talking about Bible prophecy teachers a calling versus Bible prophecy wannabes. Stay tuned to our program, but before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if you will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word and discuss the topic in Bible prophecy in general and those who serve it, Lord, diligently whom you've called. We pray, Lord, you bless our discussion, your honor and glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Again, we're talking about biblical prophecy uh, calling. And of course, Nathan, you and I have uh, gone through the book of Revelation, and uh, we talked a little bit about the importance of teaching the Bible correctly. And Nathan, one of the things that I noticed, too, is that oftentimes uh, there's not a seriousness in individuals to understanding the responsibility behind teaching uh, biblical prophecy. And of course, there's many individuals that the, today we find that they teach biblical prophecy, but you and I know that some of them are so way off that you sometimes wonder, where do they get their information from? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that goes back to the interpretation of scriptures. You know, I, I love that one of the things when I came to Landline Ministries to serve here now 11 years is that uh, Dr. Reagan, our founder and director, taught that if the plain sense makes sense, look for no other sense, lest you come up with nonsense, and that's I've heard Dr. Ron Rhodes and, and many other Bible prophecy teachers teach that. It's that they interpret yeah. the scriptures based on uh, a spiritual or allegorical interpretation, and then they apply these scriptures to whatever events have happened in history, a, a notorious one, Urban Baxter, for instance, you know, he sees the book of Revelation throughout all of history. Uh, you know, like starting with World War I. And right. Something happens, like, oh yeah, yeah, the Bible prophesied this, like, what? And, you know, it's a matter of interpretation. So if we're going to come to teach Bible prophecy, then we need to take a literal
0: interpretation of the Bible. And that's why so many people get so many interpretations so messed up. an excellent point. I just love exactly what you said. And that's why we take the Bible literally. And again, if the playmate... Sense makes sense. Don't try to make any other sense. (laughs) And I I think that's a beautiful approach. And, you know, I don't understand why people always want to spiritualize things. Right, Nathan? Somehow I think it's because they want people to go, ooh, and ah. Rather than just, hey, teach the Word of God and the Holy Spirit has the power to transform lives. Well, there's no doubt that the sensationalist teaching of the Bible, when I say that,
1: I mean mixing it with really weird things that are unbiblical. UFOs, and aliens, and and rampaging Nephilim, and black-eyed children, and lost continents, and all those different topics. They tend to attract people that are always, as the Bible says, when their ears tickled. They they want to hear something new and exciting. The Bible just doesn't give them enough information, so they have to look elsewhere. And that sells, man. Some of the biggest Bible prophecy teachers in the country happen to also be sensationalist Bible prophecy. There's a little Bible sprinkled in, but Mm. for the most part, they're spending more time talking about aliens than they are talking about angels. And that's a a big problem, I think. And I
0: think that's also discredited the whole entire field of eschatology because
1: there's been so many people making crazy predictions, there's so many uh, people acting like crazies when it comes to Bible prophecy, and there's been so many failed attempt to predict the return of Jesus Christ, that generally
0: we find many pastors very hostile now to the teaching of Bible prophecy. Mm. Nathan, excellent point. And this is why you mentioned sensationalism. And it seems that, you know, it's, it's true. We want things uh, to sell, books and publications, and how many views we can get, how many tweets we can get, how many Facebook likes we can get. And, and it's like, wait a minute, what, what are we doing here, Right. <laughs> I know, unless you're
1: posting a cat picture or something cute like a bunny, you know, on Facebook, it doesn't titillate. Well, people realize if you want to bring up the big, serious subject of Bible prophecy, those don't work. For them.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, Nathan, that's exactly what we're saying is that there is so, it's so sad uh, uh, in in a sense because we we know that hey, we're not here to try to uh, entertain. We're not here to try to. Um, in any way, shape, or form uh, try to impress anyone. You know, the idea is that we're just trying to be uh, faithful. We're not trying to be uh, sensationalist. So uh, I think that was a, an excellent point, Nathan. It's very important that we focus on letting the Bible teach us Bible prophecy. Take it for its plain sense, meaning, yes, there's gonna be poetry, there's gonna be symbols,
1: there's gonna be all these different uh, poetic alliterations. But we have to understand that that's literary tools and we interpret them as such. But when Jesus says that he's going to return to this earth and he's going to set up his kingdom and he's going to rule for a thousand years and he says it not once or twice, but six times in Revelation 20, he means it. He means he's going to rule for eight thousand years, not a general time period. And that's, you know, when people start spiritualizing the
0: literalness of the Bible, that's when we start seeing the abuse of the teaching of Bible prophecy. Mm, excellent point. And you know, maybe right now, someone is uh, being part part of this program, they're watching or listening, and, and maybe their they're, they're feathers are a little bit ruffled because of what we're saying, and maybe they, they consider themselves to be uh, Bible prophecy uh, teachers in a sense. But the reality is there is a responsibility, Nathan, and you're right. All these failed prophecies, they give Christianity a black eye. And you and I can count every year there seems to be something, right, Nathan? Blood moons and Mayan calendars. I mean, the list goes on. Oh, my
1: goodness. Harold can't be. Was it wasn't three times he predicted the return of Jesus, When it failed three times. The poor guy finally died. He, <laughs> he killed him. He, he was so disappointed. You think the, the Millerites back in the 1840s when they thought Jesus was going to come back in 1844. Right. And when he did it, the, the seven-day adventists were, were formed to try to spiritualize that Jesus came back. And that's what these people do. They, When Jesus doesn't return, according to their own calculations, they spiritualize the event to say that, well, he came in, in a spiritual sense. And, and what? You know, we, it just reminds our credibility. I love what you said, a black eye. We get a black eye to Christianity when people start spiritualizing the gospel. So I totally agree that. The teaching of the Bible is... Is a duty and a responsibility that we have to take extremely seriously. In fact, yes. there are warnings in the Bible that if we don't take that seriously yeah. and give it the honor and credit it deserves, then we will be held accountable for Jesus Christ before Jesus for misusing and misinterpreting
0: the Bible. Man, I don't know about you, but I don't never want to stand before Jesus. Yeah being accused of maligning his word Nathan and I'm in agreement with you and this is why we take what we do very seriously you and I of course we always have a lot of fun we laugh a lot and, and but we take things <laughs> we, we, make, we we take things very seriously although we have fun with it because but because it is a responsibility and Nathan I know you spent countless hours like many of us uh, when we're preparing uh, for our teaching and uh, you actually told me you were gonna do a radio program and you spent all morning Preparing. <laughs> yeah, well, you told me too. You're up at 6 in the morning, you know, spending an hour or so before our work getting ready. And and
1: I mean, it's like a track. I used to be a track through middle school and high school. I mean, I didn't just roam out to a track meet and start running. No! I, I spent months beforehand, yeah, yeah preparing, running, and, and doing pull ups and push ups, and in the cold and in the rain. And our whole team would do that. We would prepare so we would be the best to run that race, as Paul said. And we need to do that, as Christians. we're going to teach the Bible, and don't just get up and start teaching whatever comes to mind. Right. Study it, read it, go to the commentaries, uh, see what other well-known, respected Bible prophecy teachers or Bible teachers say about the subject, and, and read through it first, and, and, and look at other contexts within the Scriptures yes. to compare. Don't just get up and say what's ever on your mind. Because life will end up teaching something wrong, and then you will stand before God one day, and you'll say, hey, wait a minute, you taught them a falsehood,
0: accidentally or on purpose. Yes, and Nathan, you're absolutely right. And and this is why, you know, the scriptures uh, you mentioned to us are are very direct. Those that want to be teachers, those that want to teach the Word. and uh, It reminds me what the Bible says in James um, uh, chapter 3, verses... um, 1 and 2. Would you happen to have those verses, uh, Nathan, available? Maybe we want to uh, read those just in case someone doesn't have a Bible handy with their James chapter 3. As we're talking about the importance of teaching correctly. Certainly. Well, James 3, 1 and 2 reads, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Mm. And, and I and that to me Nathan is a is a is a very powerful passage. I mean, of course, if we have a desire to serve God and teach His word, we shouldn't shy away from it. But we do need to recognize the responsibility that comes with it, right, Nathan? James, the half brother
1: of Jesus, who was the head of the church in Jerusalem, believed that we would receive stricter judgment as teachers and yeah. leaders, and when it comes to teaching the Bible, so. Yeah, it's definitely a biblical commandment. We need to be very careful about how we teach and what we teach and make sure it's accurate, 100%, led by the Holy Spirit, guided by the Holy Spirit, or we
0: will be held accountable for God for not doing so. Mm, excellent point. And Nathan, of course, and this is why we we are we take uh, the Bible seriously. I mean, teaching biblical prophecy really is a blessing. I mean, as a matter of fact, Second uh, Peter 1 Uh, verses 19 through 21 uh, speak of the blessing to that. So Nathan, would you be able to take us there just in case, again, for someone who maybe doesn't have the scriptures, they can follow along with us and see the blessing uh, of of biblical prophecy and and also the importance of it. Sure. You said 2 Peter 1, what verse did you want to start with? Yeah, verses 19 through 21, those are wonderful passages there, so hopefully those that are part of the program that maybe don't have a Bible, we can uh, read those for them, and they can simply uh, listen in. Okay, well, Second Peter 1, 19 begins. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to yeah. heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in their hearts, knowing this first, yeah. that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for right. prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoken. They were moved by the Holy Spirit. Fantastic. Thank you, Nathan. And, and we find what wonderful uh, verses we find. Anything stood out on you, Nathan, on those? Well, and of course, it confirmed. Yeah. The prophecy comes from God. And amazingly, too, not only did Jesus teach prophecy, but he would send angels to teach it.
1: And we've got now the Holy Scriptures to read from. It. It's confirmed that yes. prophecy... Uh, warns people, but it also tells about the future, and we can know then that how the future ends. Jesus wins. And because Jesus wins, we win as well. And that's
0: confirmed, brother. It, it, <laughs> it's going to happen. It, 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 it's God's perspective. It has happened. And so that can bring us great comfort knowing
1: that in this dark world, as, as Resson right. says, this dark place, that it becomes a light that shines until the day dawns and the morning star Christ rises in our hearts. So, if Bible prophecy is meant to give us hope, and when yes. we teach it incorrectly, when we make stuff up, or we focus on yeah. bizarre
0: things like sea yeah. animals and you know, like sea creatures and stuff. Yeah, what? You know, we need to focus on what the Bible teaches yes. us, and then we provide that light and hope to people. That is a huge responsibility. Excellent point. And Nathan, that's why I love that it is confirmed. In other words, we, we don't make things up. That's why it says there in verse 20, it's not a private interpretation, right, Nathan? That's something that I think or what I think, but hey, let's match Scripture with Scripture and see what the Bible says. Right. But one of
1: the things
0: we say here at Land and
1: Lion Ministries is, is, is that if you have your own private interpretation and nobody shares it, then it's not the biblical interpretation. Mm. We have lots of people, that, you know, they're students, they're studying, like we all are, they're learning, but they'll get hung up on a verse or two and they'll build an entire theology around it, and then they'll go around fighting everybody over it and saying they're, yeah. you know, they're right, <laughs> and everybody else is wrong. And you're like, well, wait a minute, are you the only person who believes this? No. Yeah? Well, the Holy Spirit's like, well, wait the Holy Spirit giving you one interpretation but the rest of the church a different interpretation. Yeah. You know? This one you gotta stop and say, wait a minute, I think I've got something wrong here. I better research it some more. <laughs> and that's unfortunate. You know, we, we all are guilty of going around half cocked, half studied uh, we need to study more and learn and grow and then start teaching it. So unfortunately we have a lot of yeah you know, freshmen you could say running around trying to teach college level Bible prophecy and that's great. I'm glad they, they love and they want to do sure. it. But maybe they should finish the studying. For Even the Apostle Paul, once he got saved, went into the desert and studied a number of Good years point. before he was ready to go on the mission field.
0: Yeah. Nathan, excellent point. And that's why when someone comes to you and says, Nathan, I found this secret. No one knows. And I want to yeah. share it. It's <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, We hear, I'm sure you hear it all the time. Well, like,
1: yeah, I found this person. It, it changes everything. I'm like... You know, you're not the first person to ever read that verse, or it hasn't been hidden in secret all this time. Yeah. People have been reading it for 2,000 years. You know, and stop a minute, take a breath, read all the other passages around the topic, and make sure that the passage you're reading actually fits in with the Bible prophecy and doesn't stand out. Again, Scripture will always corroborate Scripture. You can always yeah. trust that the Bible corroborates itself. So if you find something that's really out of whack, then it probably isn't out of whack, your interpretation of believe it.
0: Yeah, and Nathan, I believe the Lord gives us fresh insight into scriptures. I don't know about you, but sometimes we read something the first time, and then we read it again later on, and we're like, Oh, wow, I didn't see that before. Excellent point, excellent point. How often do
1: we study scriptures, and then the Holy Spirit, as we read it later in life, Oh, that, now I understand. And that's what verse 21 is talking about. Prophecy never came by the will of man. Yeah. In other words, we don't make it up. You know, We don't know the future. But holy men of God, those are people devoted to following the Lord, Christians, spoke, and they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So we're talking about here the authors of Scripture, early Christians, of course, Old Testament saints, they were moved by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the
0: Bible that we have is divinely inspired. We can trust it to be the very Word of God. Therefore, we should not spend our time contradicting what's in the Word Mm -hmm. or seeking extra-biblical texts to teach from when it comes to anything related to God. Yeah, excellent. And that's why I love uh, to read different commentaries, different insights, like you were saying earlier, from uh, wonderful Bible scholars uh, that they've opened up the Scriptures a little bit differently. And at the end, it's pretty much the same thing, but you get more insight into the verses. And I'm not sure if that's happened to you, but sometimes I'm reading through a passage that I'm familiar with, and I have to actually slow down because it seems like there's so much coming out of there that I hadn't seen before.
1: Yeah, for those who think that they know everything about the Bible, they don't know everything about the Bible. Right? The Bible—it's endless to learn in the Bible. It really yes. even, I've met scholars who have multiple PhDs, and they say, yes. say, "Say they still when they read the Bible, there's new, fresh insight that comes out of it." And then, yes. thats just a 66
0: book document, the Bible. Think about it like when we're in the internal state, yes. and then we're learning about an infinite God. Now, being infinite means that it will, we will spend then forever learning about the depths of God. Absolutely, and that's why we love scriptures, and we love the Holy Spirit revealing scriptures. We take scriptures very literally, very important. We don't try to twist the scriptures, but we want to be, again, faithful uh, to what the Scriptures have to say. And you know, Nathan, maybe you can take us to Revelation 22, 18 that passage there. I know you and I spoke about this uh, 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 not too long ago as we closed the book of Revelation, but it's also the importance of being faithful to what the Scriptures say. And not, again, twisting anything or, or adding or deleting, because again, the Bible teaches, hey, there's a great responsibility. Oh,
1: it, and it's a key word. It's interesting that the Bible, the entire 66 books of the Bible, Ends first with a warning, and then lastly with the promise by Jesus to come soon. Now, this warning starts in verse 18. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if
0: anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. But if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. Mm. Again, Nathan, you're absolutely right. Those are serious uh, words. And this is why, when we talk about, again, biblical prophecy teachers, a calling rather than Bible prophecy wannabes. It's a serious thing, and you and I—we take the scripture seriously, and this is why in all our programs we try to have the Bible available, encourage people to follow along with the Bible. Because Nathan, it's one thing for us to misread a verse; it's a whole different thing to take it all out of context. I don't know if that's happened to you. Sometimes you you, you quote a passage, and you really meant to say uh, Second Peter, and you say First Peter. Well, we're not taking the scriptures out of context. That was a normal error that sometimes is made, but anybody following along with the Bible can say, oh, wait a minute, he meant to say this. (laughs) Excellent point. And it's interesting that the Bible gives us a warning at the end. Now, some people say, well, that just means the book of Revelation. It does infer that the words of the prophecy of this book, but you know, that the entire Bible ends with a warning. I would say it's the entire Bible, that it's, it's a bigger picture here than just Revelation. It's all 66 books of the Bible. And look what, look what verse 19 warns here for those who add to the Bible or subtract from the Bible. God shall take away his part from the book of life. In other words, you're not written in the book of life, you're dead. From the holy city, which is the New Jerusalem, living forever
1: with God, and from the things were written in this book. In other words, it's saying that you can lose your eternal rewards. You might even lose your life if you're saved. I'm not saying you'll lose your salvation, but right. your, your, your rewards in heaven will be gone. Or if you're not saved, well, then, yeah, you're definitely going to hell over this. This is very serious. I I think one of the best examples in history was Thomas Jefferson, who, again, one of the most amazing founding fathers. Yes. Uh, he really understood the, uh, the God that... Uh, that we have sin natures that will fall and we need to have checks and balances to keep us accountable in government. But when it came to the Bible, he didn't believe in the miracles. He he could get the Jeffersonian Bible and he (laughs) literally ripped out anything he didn't believe and then he's got this paper-thin Bible that he released and that's the parts he thinks that that were true. Now he was a deist. In other words, he believes that Mm -hmm. God wound up the universe and then he just left for us, you know, to our own devices, but he
0: is a perfect example. Thomas Jefferson is someone who, who took away the words from this book. He, he literally ripped out sections of the book because he didn't believe them. And there's a stern warning for Thomas Jefferson. If, if he is saved and he have it, he's in heaven, he's going to be the pauper of heaven because this warning warns that he will lose. Absolutely, and Nathan, and that's what amazes me sometimes when people say, well, uh, I'm a Christian, I believe, but I don't know if I believe the Bible. I don't believe all the Bible. I believe, And I'm saying to myself, well, wh- where are you getting your faith from then?
1: Yeah, well, why do you only parts of the Bible? And which parts? The parts you like, and you don't <laughs> believe the parts you don't like? Uh, you know, Who sets you up as God? Oh, you hear this a lot, especially in youth, as they're learning about the Bible, they encounter passages that they don't like. Like, well, I don't think I believe in that. Well, wait a minute. It's not that you don't believe in it, that you don't want to believe in it. Yes. It's two very different things. It's like talking atheists, they believe there's a God. They, they
0: know there's a God. They choose not to believe there's a God. Mm-hmm. Whether you reject God, you reject the Bible, yeah. you're, you're rejecting Him, you're rejecting salvation. And then what's the future for those who reject Jesus Christ? The Bible says, right. the wrath of God remains on them, John three thirty six. And we're yes. just, unfortunately, <clears throat> mm. Excellent point, Nathan. And again, we're talking about this very important subject matter. We're talking about biblical prophecy, uh, a calling versus Bible prophecy, a one of these. And there's a great responsibility. We've looked at many of these scriptures in Revelation 20 to 18, 2 Peter one nineteen, James chapter 3. So many other passages talk about the importance of. Uh, of the Word of God and of course not sensationalizing uh, the things that are found in this book and, and again we take great care in, in teaching the scriptures uh, properly and uh, we hope that those of you that are listening or watching, we do want to encourage you to uh, follow the Lord and teach the things but it's going to it's a great responsibility and it's not something that we take lightly. Uh, in a sense to try to yeah. woo people. Uh, and Nathan, and, and this is very serious, but also exciting for those that feel called. Right, now if you feel called, you know you have this burning passion to share with you, study in the yeah. Bible, then you're being called by the Holy Spirit to teach. Now, before you go, you can certainly teach it, but be equipped. You know, be God send babies out to do the job.
1: He sends mature believers out to the Jews. Yes. We all started out as spiritual babies at one point in our lives. Now's the time get the training. Go to Bible college, go to church, join Bible study, get into the Word, read commentaries, read stories, go to seminary. I mean, yes. do all these things to help you grow in your Word and so you know what you're talking about before you just go running out there and start sharing the gospel. Now, bear in mind, this is different from sharing your story. I don't want to discourage anyone if you have been saved, you have a story. That's right. If you're the expert on that story, you go out and share your testimony. But if you're going to
0: start getting into the details of teaching Bible, uh, particularly Bible prophecy, then study first before you go out there. But, brother, I want to encourage everybody, if you've got a testimony, and we all do, yes. go out and share that. That's your story. That's absolutely. Nathan, thank you so much for sharing that. And Nathan, you and I have been doing uh, TV and radio now going almost on 10 years. And uh, individuals... Wow. Individuals can also find all of our teaching materials on social media, on Facebook, on your website, uh, and the idea is to be students. That's what we're doing. This is almost like an online school. All our programs, so that individuals can rightly divide uh, the word of truth. So there's a lot of opportunities out there for growth, right, Nathan, and resources. Well, brother, I admire you as a,
1: you're not just a, a pastor; you're also a Bible prophecy teacher. That's your kind of Few of them out there. I think of Dr. David Jeremiah and Mark Hitchcock and others who are pastors, but they always uh, feel compelled to focus on God's prophetic word. Every pastor feels called a little differently. You know, we're all parts right. of the body of Christ. But, brother, I, I really appreciate your your love of scriptures. Your and you don't just dwell on the negative. You don't dwell on the disasters. You dwell on the hope, the victory of Jesus Christ. And you understand what Bible prophecy
0: is about. And Brother, I commend you for that. Oh, Nathan, well, again, we thank the Lord for that because, again, it's it's part of what you and I are saying. We're doing it for the love of Jesus because the Holy Spirit has put it in our hearts. We have an exciting message, right, Nathan? One of hope. The Lord can return at any moment. We want to be ready. And when we're done here on this earth, we know where we're going. Our address is heaven. And that is exciting news, right, Nathan? Uh, you're absolutely right, brother. Heaven is our destination. That's what
1: Bible Positive teaches. We want everyone to be excited about it. So you're going to go teach it, Stay it
0: first. Share that excitement with others. Ooh, absolutely. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Nathan Jones. And of course, as we oftentimes do before we close, I know we're running out of time, but we want to leave you with an invitation wherever you are. Again, what we're talking about here is a relationship with Jesus. Is His Holy Spirit inspiring us. And we want to share with you briefly just how you can start the relationship with the Lord. From wherever you are. Might you be able to make them to share that with that person maybe that is part of the program now how they can start their relationship with the Lord?
1: Accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Finally, surrender your life to him. He's calling you if you're hearing the tug of the Holy Spirit in your heart, and he wants you to give your life to him. Surrender your life by praying something like, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus will do just that. He will forgive you of your
0: sins. they are wiped away They're clean. The guilt is gone. And you inherit the promises of eternal life with Him. Ooh, absolutely. Thank you so much, Nathan. And what a wonderful word of encouragement as we close this program. Again, may the Lord use you. And may you continue to keep your eyes on Jesus. And we pray that the Lord will continue to call many more of you to teach these very exciting subject matters of biblical prophecy. Nathan Jones, I want to thank you again for being part of the program and opening up these wonderful scriptures. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate it, brother. Have a good night. Thank you so much. And of course, we encourage you to continue to keep your eyes on the Lord. He's returning back very, very soon, and I pray you all have a wonderful day.